0: Today, we are dishing up another episode in our self-care series, all on the topic of sleep hygiene. All right. So just before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. Since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us. And of course, they help us reach more people, and we'd appreciate it. Today's show is a part of our self-care series. Once a month, we'll focus on a new area of self-care. Life gets overwhelming for all of us, and the sense of getting lost in a sea of to-dos, worry, and anxiety seems almost inevitable. Self-care can be described as the active process of making your body and mind a pleasant place to inhabit by filling your own cup first, which ensures you have enough to give others. Uh, So since self-care is such a huge topic with lots to unpack, we're doing it just one topic at a time and so today we are talking about sleep hygiene, and I'm just going to kind of start off with some basic information that I found on the interweb. This was from sleepfoundation.org. These are some "quote unquote" startling sleep statistics. They might not be too startling, but but we'll see. See, tell me, Nicole, if you if you are startled by these or shocked by this statement or not. So, almost half of all Americans say they feel sleepy during the day between three and seven days per week.
1: No. Not
0: shocked. Me neither. 35% of all adults in the United States report sleeping on average for less than the recommended seven hours per night.
1: Mm, I would almost think it was more.
0: I know. I was going to say, I am actually shocked by that because I would have thought more. Yeah. Uh, Women have a lifetime risk of insomnia that is as much as 40% higher than that of men, which can totally believe that. Uh, Women have more things to worry about. Sorry, men, but I feel like we take on the brunt of a lot of the the stress and worry. And is that just a a sexist, rude comment, or am I right? (laughs) Or both? (laughs) That's how I feel in this household, at least. Nick has more stress in his work to worry about. I feel like I take on the family stress. So We both have insomnia. All right. (laughs) Here's one that I definitely agree with. I've talked about this on the show, Premenstrual syndrome, or PMS, makes women at least two times as likely to report insomnia-like symptoms before and during their period, which I know has to do with serotonin. You know, we've got that drop of serotonin, and serotonin helps you sleep. I know I that affects me uh, tremendously. 40% of people with insomnia are believed to also be affected by a mental health disorder. Around 75% of adults with depression suffer from from insomnia. So that kind of goes, uh, those two kind of go together In healthy adults. This is not surprising to me at all. Caffeine has a half-life of five hours, which means that around half of the caffeine consumed will be eliminated from the, the body in five hours. In other words, you know, caffeine sticks around. So you need to drink it early. If you're drinking it at four o'clock, you're still going to have some in your system when you go to bed, unless you're going to bed at 3 a.m. Uh, let's see, drinking two servings of alcohol per day for men and one serving per day for women has been found to decrease sleep quality by almost 40%, which also was not surprising to me. I know whenever I have a drink, even if it's just one drink, I, it affects my sleep. Uh, 75 minutes of high-intensity exercise or 150 minutes of moderate-intensity exercise per week has been associated with reduced levels of daytime sleepiness and better concentration even when tired. So sort of a... A win for exercise there. Just a few more here. Just a couple, actually. 8.2% of adults say they took medication to help them sleep at least four times in the past week.
1: I would think more.
0: I agree. I agree. That surprises me because I for sure would think more. Because then there's the next statement that says sales of melatonin supplements in the United States grew from 62 million in 2003 to a whopping... $378 $378 million in 2014, which that's 2014. I wonder what it is now post-pandemic. Uh, I didn't get updated numbers there, but you can only imagine what that number would be. Okay, so discussion. So I found this quiz um, on today.com, and Nicole, we're going to have you take it live. Ooh. <laughs> So I'm going to go to it and I'm going to put this link in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to at home, take it, or you can take it right now as you're listening. Uh, But but basically, it's just a bunch of questions to kind of gauge what your sleep hygiene is and how well you're doing as far as getting enough sleep and doing the right things to sort of help you sleep. So the first question, how many hours of sleep do you typically get on weeknights? Is it weeknights or not the weekends? Less than six hours, six to seven hours, seven to nine hours, or more than 10 hours? Seven to nine. Great. A response of seven to nine means you are healthy. Everything else is not healthy. (laughs) That's what it says. (laughs) How many hours of sleep do you typically get on weekends, Nicole? Less than six, six to seven, seven to nine, or more than 10? Seven to
1: nine.
0: Again, that means you're healthy. Everything else is not healthy. So it's interesting. I want to point out that more than 10 hours is also not good because that could just, it can really throw off your sleep schedule for the
1: weekday. Why don't people understand that?
0: I I don't, I think that here's the thing I think that they do understand it. It's just a matter of doing it. How many things out there do we know not to do or to do, but we don't do them or we do them? I
1: mean, there's so many things. Mark will lay in bed until 10 o'clock in the morning. And then he can't sleep that night. And I'm like, I have zero sympathy, zero. It literally
0: motivates me to get out of bed knowing that if I don't, I won't be able to sleep at night. That is my motivation to get out of bed. Yeah. Okay. Number three, how often have you had trouble sleeping because you could not get to sleep within 30 minutes? Is it three or more times a week, once or twice a week, less than once per week or not during the past month?
1: Not during the past month. I knew that was going to be your answer.
0: So a response of not during the past month or less than once per week is healthy. Uh, Everything else is not healthy. So again, the occasional insomnia is perfectly normal and quote-unquote healthy. Uh, But if you're noticing it more often, it's probably time to reevaluate your sleep hygiene. Number four, how often have you had trouble sleeping because you woke up in the middle of the night or early morning? Uh, Three or more times per week once or twice per week, less than once per week, or not during the past month?
1: Not during the past month. Why are you? I just, I
0: feel so fortunate. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that response or a response of less than once per week is healthy and everything else is not healthy. How often do you wake up and feel refreshed from your sleep? Three or more times a week, once or twice a week, less than once a week, or not during the past month?
1: Uh, three or more.
0: Yeah. So feeling refreshed. I mean, everyone obviously is, you're always going to be a little groggy when you wake up. That's perfectly normal. I don't bounce out of bed like my husband does. It's ridiculous. Uh, but generally speaking, like I can go, you know, an hour without my coffee in the morning. I, I have, I had that natural energy in the morning where I'm feeling pretty good. If you wake up and you feel like you need to get another five hours of sleep, that could be a sign that maybe you're, again, your sleep hygiene is, is a little bit off. So if you add up your scores, anyone with four or five healthy scores is a healthy overall sleeper. Anyone with only one, two, or three healthy scores, caution, it might be time to focus on your sleep. So if you're interested in that quiz, go ahead and uh, see the link in our show notes. So I'm just going to, before we get into our discussion questions, just some strategies to help you get better sleep. And this is, again, from today.com. Just some basic tips. Make sure you're exposed to blue light first thing in the morning. I don't exactly know what this means per se, but it, I, I, I do. What do you think that means? I read I have that and no I was a idea. Bit, yeah,
1: I, when I first, <coughs> I wonder saw if it just this, means like not before bed.
0: That's exactly what I, I was like. Do they mean don't use blue light before bed, or possibly? Expose yourself to, like, when I go outside in the morning, just having natural light and fresh air helps get, you know, energize me. And when I have days when I'm inside most of the day, I feel very groggy and sleepy. I have, you know, I have today, for example, I'm going to be inside a lot, but I will make 15 to 30 minutes of my day just outside, just getting outside and getting some fresh air at least. And that helps me get better sleep. It also helps with, with melatonin production, which I know I'm going rogue here, but getting uh, fresh sunlight also helps with melatonin production. Anyway, so is so I'm not really your sure cell
1: phone first thing in the morning a good thing? Yeah, I don't. If so, my that. sleep hygiene continues because <gasps> I play Wordle every morning, like first thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. that's funny. Hey, no wonder you, you scored healthy. <laughs> All right. Eat
0: a, <laughs> eat a healthy, balanced diet spread out through the day so that you get a hearty breakfast, a good lunch and not much for dinner. Again, this is a tip that I would, I would certainly modify to be more of an intuitive eating statement. Basically eat balance throughout the day. Try to try not to, you know, go all day without eating and then eat a bunch of food because when you put a lot of food in your system at night, it's going to affect your sleep. Uh, so, you know, those people who, you know, do intermittent fasting or who for some reason or another don't eat all day long and then save all their calories for night. There's multiple reasons why that's not good and not necessarily the best thing that you can do for your body, but it also does affect your sleep. And I think that's kind of what they're getting at here. I just kind of put a more of an intuitive eating spin on there. Keep alcohol, this is an important one, and caffeine consumption to a minimum. Uh, obviously, drinking, not drinking alcohol before bed is going to be the most important thing. What people think is that alcohol helps them sleep. Yes, alcohol might help you fall asleep, but it will actually affect your overall sleep quality. Quality during the night. So keep that in mind. Yeah, you, if you go out and drink a bunch of booze and then you end up passing out because you're drunk, yeah, that's a great way to fall asleep. Not a great way to get good sleep. And it's not a great way to fall asleep. I That sounded horrible. But yeah, you're going to fall asleep easily, but you're not going to get good. For the wrong friends. reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then consu- caffeine consumption, as I mentioned before, making sure that you drink that mostly in the morning. Uh, it says, For 15 to 20 minutes before turning in or going to bed or getting into your room, do something relaxing. I think that's a good tip. Taking a bath, a a nice long shower, whatever you want to do. Keep your schedule on the weekends as close as possible to what it is on the weekdays. And I think what that specifically means is keeping your sleep schedule. I mean, my schedule on the weekends is nothing even remotely close to my weekday schedule, but keeping my sleep schedule, you know, somewhat close to my weekday schedule is what I think really helps me in a lot of ways. Um, same with your kids. I definitely notice my kids do better when they're, you know, going to bed around the same time and waking up around the same time and on the weekends and during the week. Again, it's not perfect, um, but generally speaking, if you tend to wake up during the night and have trouble falling back to sleep, keep a notepad next to the bed and write down your thoughts. So instead of, you know, trying to force yourself to go back to bed, just maybe do some light journaling or that's why I really like Kindles because you can maybe do a little bit of light reading without turning on your light and, you know, ruining the sleep of your partner. That's something that I will definitely do if I wake up or if I'm having trouble sleeping at night that won't bother my partner sleeping next to me. If the notepad strategy doesn't work, then get out of bed and do something relaxing with the lights turned down low until you feel tired enough to fall asleep. I've heard that a lot. The recommendation of don't try to force yourself to fall asleep. If you you just are having a lot of trouble falling asleep, and you just don't think you're going to be able to, it's okay to get up and do something with low light, low energy, just kind of wander through the house, or maybe have a little glass of water, read a little bit of a book, and then try again when you're feeling nice and tired. All right, Nicole, do you have certain times of the month or the year that you just don't sleep as well?
1: Uh, I feel so bad for you and your periods. I just <laughs> don't have the cyclical issues that uh, it sounds like a lot of women have and you experience. Uh, I, I guess the thing that's unique to where we live in Michigan, so we are on the very, let me think about this, the very western most side of the eastern time zone. Mm-hmm. So it is light here at the peak of summer until 10 p.m. Like it's it's like daylight at 9 p.m. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so light out. um, Like sun ablazing into the windows when it's like I'm putting my kids to bed. That said, <laughs> it does not seem to bother anyone in our house. I think we've just kind of become accustomed to that. Um, by the time I'm in bed, which is closer to 10, 11, it is, it is definitely uh, dark out even even at that point. So I that is unique to our area. I think the time of the year that I don't sleep well is because we tend to travel at the same times of the year. So like spring break, things like that. I find that travel, or preparation for travel, or while traveling, is the time when my sleep gets whacked out the most. I am, I think, why I have such successful sleep, um, and my kids have successful sleep, is because we are militant about routine when it comes to that. Um, every everything that you mentioned—caffeine, lights, wind down—I am like pro evening shower to the max. Like I do not get into my bed. Even if Mark and I are going out on a date night and I shower, I'm going to shower again before bed, even if it's just like a little rinse off, because to me, that is just so relaxing. I, mm. it doesn't matter if I'm tired or not. I'm going to read my Kindle before bed. I, I don't know. I just, I think routine is just so important. Um, So travel wax me out a little bit, or if I have to get up earlier than usual. So like I've oh. mentioned it so many points. Getting up, even for like a morning workout, I dread and I'm like, okay, fall asleep now. Fall asleep now. Fall asleep <laughs> now. I think it's maybe because our our mornings just don't start generally super, super early. Um, as in there's not a five on the clock. To me, that's just too early. I don't know. I've just mm-hmm. rather than trying to force myself to be that early morning person, I've personally just found that my natural sleep cycle is closer to like 10:30. To six thirty, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I kind of just fall into that. I don't try and fight it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I would completely agree with everything that you just said. I don't sleep well when I travel. I hate hotel pillows. I uh, I am one of those people who can't just fall asleep anywhere. I've never been able to sleep on a plane. It. I have to have the perfect sleeping situation in order to fall asleep, generally speaking. But when I do, I get very good sleep and feel like my sleep is, is you know, is on point. Uh, but like what you said, when, you know, summer comes around, I will say it. we try our hardest to make sure that the blinds are closed, you know, if you need to get some of those dark shades to pull down because the light still comes in through those closed, you know, closed blinds when it's, you know, sun's a blazing, like you said, at 10 PM, which we do experience a little bit here too. It's hard for the kids to kind of get used to that. It's hard for me to get used to that. So that's definitely something that affects me. And like what you said, when I do my once a week, 5 AM, which I actually did it this morning, orange theory workout, I always take melatonin before because I know I will be laying in bed thinking I'm going to miss my alarm. I'm not going to make the class. It's really early in the morning when I have to mm. wake up, I'll just overthink everything. So I that's that's the one night a week that I take a little bit of melatonin, you which, get by the there way, at five, I get there at five. It's five. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Um, that is I Do crazy. want to make a point? About-
1: so it early. Is. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh, I want to make a point about melatonin. It is actually best to start off very, very low. So I know a lot of times melatonin supplements come in three milligrams or even one. Start off with just a half. In fact, sometimes I only take 0.25 milligrams. Less is more, I will just say that. I've been told that numerous times. I don't think people get that. Um, but yeah, and then of course, I've said this a million times, but you know, right before my period, so there's two times I take melatonin. It's that week before my period, most days I'm taking a little bit of melatonin cuz I just cannot sleep very well. And then those those days of the week that I wake up for my orange theory class. <laughs> All right, what do you do to get your best sleep, Nicole?
1: Oh, um, we like a Chile. So like 62, 66, a fan on some white noise. Like I said, I read my Kindle before bed. I find it hugely relaxing Uh, to me as I, as I could just kind of, I will read until my eyelids are uh, basically until I'm reading the same sentence over and over again, because my eyes are just like fluttering. Um, it annoys Mark to the max, how quickly I fall asleep. It he's just like, Jesus, like you are gone. And I, I am like, I am exhausted at the end of the day. I just, I think mentally the, the mental load that you were talking about, just of parenting in general, working a full time. I mean, it's just like the all day that as soon as I curl up with my Kindle and I just go to that like other world, I'm just done. It, it, I don't read a whole lot before bed. Um, but I just kind of drift away. Um, and also somewhat random, but I, you said hotel pillows, you you hate, uh, agreed. Um, I like a pillow between my knees and one to hug, as well as one under my head. So oh my if I, yeah, I'm a three pillow or like a snoogle type of person. So if I'm not at home, um, I'm requesting pillows. I also, at home, I am, we have a, an ensuite to our our bedroom. And so my head to the toilet seat is like, six feet like it's so close separate rooms but I'm like right there so if we're away from home I just ensure that I'm as close to the bathroom as possible because I get up usually once a night if not twice I think a lot of that has to do with like evening workouts so I'm drinking more fluids at night and I want to be hydrated so yeah unfortunately I'm definitely a one to two up um, but it does not disrupt my sleep at all like I can get up and go and like I don't even remember
0: I mean, it does disrupt your sleep because it you does. wake up, but you're saying you don't have any issue falling back asleep. Oh,
1: I no, not at all. Right. I just like a lot of people. do. I don't even yeah, open my so eyes. That's, good. that's why. So <laughs> if I'm in a location where I don't know where the bathroom is or I need to flip on the lights or I'm walking across the house or whatever it is to get to where I need to go. Yeah. I'm going to get back into bed and be like, these pillows suck. I want my bed. Like, <clears throat> oh, my throat. Um, Yeah. So I, I think that goes back to. Yeah, routine. My, but if if I were to choose, those are the the things like the temperature, the fan, the white noise. Got to read before bed. Got to have my pillows to hug and close to a bathroom. Yeah, I'm a I mean, high needs traveler.
0: <laughs> as you're talking about, you know, sort of waking up to go to the bathroom, being basically still asleep. Yeah. It just reminds me of when Cameron was little because he was my baby who Paige slept through the night at six weeks. I know. Don't kill me over here. But Cameron was not a sleep through the night person, baby, until about 15 months. And I would just, you know, meander downstairs to his room and hold him. I mean, I don't know how I didn't drop him. I don't know how I mean I would sit on the floor and nurse him. I mean, it was, I was delirious. This went on way, way, way too long, in my opinion. But anyway, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Just being half asleep, nursing him. I mean, it it would only take five minutes too. He would nurse for five minutes and then I put him back to bed. How I made it back up those stairs afterwards, I have no idea. But anyway, that's what I'm reminded of. If you are in that uh, time of your life right now, ladies, it does get better. I promise. It does. You're you're doing great. All right. Have you ever... No, no, no. Oh, my my answer. Okay, same thing as yours. I mean, same as yours, honestly. It's 65 degrees in this house or in this room, which Nick loaths. really crazy yes but it does help me sleep and I think that there is actually data to show that I think it's what did I write in here oh 60, 60 to seventy six. I thought I, I think actually I meant 67 it's 60 to 67 degrees is ideal for sleeping so oh, when I put my 76 is hot yes no I cannot be hot and that, I think that's part of the reason why sometimes during different times of my cycle or maybe during ovulation some people might have trouble sleeping because you do have a higher body temperature. So if you can bring that temperature down in your room as much as possible, do it. Uh, But yeah, pillows, I like a really flat pillow. And so that's certainly something that will affect my sleep if I'm at a hotel and the pillows, which they're almost always ridiculously fluffy. Who sleeps like that? I know very few people. Uh, Or sometimes something else that will affect my sleeping is sometimes Nick will snore. And, uh, that affects my sleeping, but yeah, that's very, very rare. Okay. Have you ever tried sleep aids such as melatonin or something less natural, like a prescription medication?
1: Never, never. Um, I feel very blessed to be able to say that. I think the only time, and you mentioned it earlier where I've had any type of an issue with sleep is when I drink too much. Um, and not even to your point, like excessive, excessive, like passed out kind of drunk, uh, But if I drink probably more than two drinks, there's a good chance I'm going to wake up at some point between 1 and 4 a.m. and won't be able to fall back asleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge reason, honestly, that I'm being very mindful of my drinking.
0: Yeah. People, it's just one of those things. People have this impression that drinking helps you sleep, but it actually does the complete opposite. Yeah. Just like you said. Uh, It never used to be that way.
1: But I know getting all the stuff now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I already alluded to my, my melatonin habit. Uh, but again, definitely stick with less. Less is more for sure. In fact, there's been a lot of uh, recently in the news about, you know, kids who are overdosing on, on melatonin. Here's the thing, oh. just because it's natural, doesn't mean it's safe, right? So it's certainly safe to use, but if you're using it every day or giving it to your kids every single day, you might want to, reevaluate and see what else might be going on there. Um yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Talk to your doctor. How does a lack of sleep affect you generally in long term? So, when you do get a lack of have a lack of sleep, how does it affect you day to day? How does does it affect or does it affect you at all?
1: Uh it's interesting cuz when I think back to college, I truly think that I averaged probably closer to 4 hours a night maybe 6 uh it was like i don't know i was just on sensory overload with college and it was like too many people too many things to it was just and i had early morning classes every day um and i generally went out every night so you know if i'm just doing the math if you know 2 a.m. is when places shut down and classes at 8 that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for sleep Uh, And Mark recalls a lot of the same when like, when we first met. And in college, it wasn't even for me about drinking. It was just I wanted to be around other people. I just loved college and people. It was just so much fun to me. Drinking was like such an afterthought. Um, But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I didn't sleep a whole lot in college and I never remember being tired. I've never been a napper anything like that. Kind of the same thing with motherhood. I felt like it was five months of just adrenaline. My kids didn't sleep. I mean, Piper didn't sleep through the night until she was 15 months old, I think it was. She was the devil when it came to sleep. Um, Shay was a lot better. But I feel like since kids and since that chapter of my life, um, I feel as though my need for adequate sleep has gone up. And truly, I think if I could give any advice to like new parents, it would be establish healthy sleep habits early on. And I am just so grateful that we did. Our kids go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time we don't have any like oh i'm going to do stand ups or you know stand up on my head and sing and do this belly laugh tickle thing and read this book and like with this voice there's no like crazy bedtime routines it's like teeth potty book and bed like there it's it, it can be mark doing it me doing it that we don't we don't have a certain order really and so we can recreate their Bedtime routine, if you will, with whoever happens to be here, so a babysitter or whatnot. We've just tried to keep it really simple so that we don't get ourselves pigeonholed into any insane bedtime routines and they go to bed easily, they wake up easily it's there's no coming out of their rooms or night waking or nightmares or anything. So I, I'm just we I would say we did what worked for us in that way and it has paid dividends um, in terms of us getting good sleep as well. But I think my overall need is just so much higher um, and I function well on less uh, with much less ease. Uh, But I guess that's a good thing. It really stresses the importance of healthy sleep habits and sleep hygiene for myself. I think I notice it the most um, current day when I have a late hockey game this season, I've got three 10 p.m. games. So the game starts at 10 p.m and goes cool. and that's assuming that the ice is on time so let's just say we're getting off the ice at 11:15 p.m. you're completely wired right you're just playing like a high intensity sport you're dripping in sweat and stink you have to pack all your crap up take it home air it out then you're showering i mean it's like i'm getting to bed maybe at midnight um and that's sunday so it's like that's how i start my week is kind of so i would say i feel like a sleep hangover through wednesday But it's not every week, uh, so I just try and make the most of it. We, that's the latest our games have ever been here locally, so that's that's a drag. But uh, growing pains of of hockey in our area. So there's only so much ice to go around, and I get it. But it, it definitely affects sleep, throwing off my schedule that way.
0: Yeah, you 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 described it really well. A, a sleep hangover, yeah. or I guess a lack of sleep hangover. That's exactly how I feel when I don't get enough sleep. I feel like I'm hungover. Uh, it's, it's rare, you know, it's rare that I have to go to work or do something, you know, important when I have a lack of sleep. I can actually remember two times in my life where I was so nervous about what was happening the next day that I legit didn't sleep at all. One was my wedding day. I quite literally didn't sleep. And we were in this, we were in a house on the beach in Bald Head Island and the house the upstairs room, there was a a grandfather, freaking grandfather clock, okay? That thing went off every 15 minutes, and there was someone sleeping in there, so I couldn't go in and turn the stupid thing off. Let me tell you, I loathe grandfather clocks after that. I mean, every 15 minutes, it would go off, and so... You know, as I'm sta- as I'm laying there trying to fall asleep. And then of course it would do the ding whenever it was like on the hour. So one o'clock, two o'clock. So I would just start counting the dings. Dung, dung. Oh, it's two o'clock. Dung, dung. Oh, it's three o'clock. Oh, it was horrible. Um, and then I had a big, a big interview and didn't get any sleep the next, that, that day. And of course I couldn't cancel the interview. So I had to go into the interview having gotten zero sleep. So there are certain things that make me very nervous uh, that, affect my sleep. I, I I am definitely easily affected by over, over analyzing and overthinking what the next day is going to look like. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have learned how to handle that now, like melatonin that helps me tremendously when I have big, big things going on like that. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, the, the, ha- the, the non-sleep hangover is, is, is there. It, it's truly something that I have uh, experienced and in hate experiencing. So that's really what I would say that's how a lack of sleep affects me is that just that haze of mm, what's going on? Woe is me. My life sucks. This is horrible. I need to find a bed. Uh, but it's very, very rare. I just don't like it when it happens. Now, I will say on my wedding day, you know, you can probably, I'm sure anyone who's been married can understand this, but I wasn't tired at all on my wedding day. Even though I had zero sleep the night before, I was, I had so much adrenaline pumping through my veins. That I was perfectly fine. Same thing when I was in a sleep sleep induced haze or a non sleep induced haze. I guess after having babies, you still manage to be able to get up and do do the mom thing, even if you haven't slept, you know, more than two hours the previous night. Because there's so much adrenaline that first few months that truly is what got me through. I will say there is an episode that we did with a certified sleep consultant. If you're interested, it's episode 27. I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, But she's, if you're looking to kind of get some help with your infant or even any, any aged kids, she's, uh, she's definitely the one. Cause sort of like what you were saying, Nicole, it is so good and important to establish good sleep hygiene, not just for yourself, but also for your kids. And that means, you know, setting uh, time limits and routines and yeah it we've done the same thing. And wow. I just very thankful for the the parents who sort of told us to, to do that before we had kids because they were right. Mm.
1: Before we sign off, Gina, as a morning yeah. exerciser, what is your typical sleep look like? I know I took the test online, but or on the yeah. air, but what is your sleep look like?
0: So we get in bed around eight, eight 30, generally oh, watch yeah. one show. Yep. Watch a show if or not and then i usually read my kindle like you said for about 15 to 30 minutes and i'm generally falling asleep between 9 30 and 10 and then i wake up around 5 30. Uh, so time most your kids days go to bed? they go to bed we are done putting them to bed at around eight o'clock and when i say putting them to bed i mean we start getting them ready for bed we'll read them a book between 7 30 and 8 and then at eight o'clock doors are shut and we're upstairs wow <clears throat> Yeah. Although I said 830, but I feel like lately it's kind of, you know, for them, it's been more like 830 lately.
1: yeah, but yeah You so guys I, watch I, no TV at night?
0: Very little. Every once in a while we do. Like yesterday we watched, last night we were watching Better Call Saul. It depends. The weekends we watch more TV. I mean, and that's something else. That's another part of sleep hygiene. Not having a TV in your room is so, so important. We definitely do. Uh, but not watching a TV or looking at screens before bed. So we try to turn the TV off at least 15 minutes before bed. And I definitely don't have my phone in the, in the bed. Nick stares at his phone for like an hour before falling asleep. You're supposed to put that thing away <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier said than done not to have a, a TV in your room, but we try not to watch a lot of TV before bed, but sometimes
1: that's what happens. and That's what we do. Yeah, we turn I'm the always, TV on as soon as the kids go to bed and we watch usually one episode of something and then transition upstairs, but we never have the TV on in our bedroom even though we have yeah. one up here.
0: We have so many TVs in our I don't know why. We just we were watching TV in the basement and then I would just want to fall asleep. So I'm like, why don't we just have it in our room? It doesn't <laughs> seem to affect us, honestly. Uh I never thought I would I would have a TV in my room. Actually, Nick, before we started when we started dating used to actually fall asleep to the TV. And I said, no, I cannot fall asleep with not only the sound of a television, but all the lights flashing in my dark room. No, no, no. So I quickly, uh, helped him change that habit, but he, he could easily fall asleep with it, with the TV on. There's no way I could ever do that. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up on November 6th, we will be dishing out an on the go snack taste test with our girls, Shay and Paige. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, Nicole, talk to you soon. And everyone else, be well. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast cast bye bye